0: initiate our recording sequence on both. And I'm admitting all participants right now. Good afternoon, EDAC members. This meeting has been held pursuant to section three of executive order N-2920 issued by Governor Newsom on March 17, 2020, and Executive Order N0821, issued by Governor Newsom on June 11, 2021. All members are joining this meeting telephonically through Zoom and it's broadcast live on the city's website.
1: Thank you, Serge. This is Tom Riley, uh, Chair of the Economic Development Advisory Committee. Thank you for joining our September 13th, 2021 meeting. Uh, At this time, Serge, would you help us with a roll call of the members, please?
0: Bob Lalane. Just a minute, let me ask you to unmute. Great, John DeRay. Here. Here. Rachel Danielle slaught
2: President.
0: God, Thumberg. Here. Chris Gallagher. Here. here. Malcolm Morgan. Yes, here. Walter Lemmerman. Here. Monica Finnegan. here. Don Daglo.
1: Don will be arriving late.
0: Teresa Ancona. Mm-hmm.
1: Teresa will be absent today.
0: Vice Chair Cass Green, Here. And Chair Tom Riley, Here. We, members are present. We do have a quorum.
1: Okay, and I also want to acknowledge we have our uh, liaisons, Julie Vieira from the South city Chamber of Commerce. Uh, Vice Mayor Janelle Kelman has joined us. Um, and we are waiting for our city manager, Chris Zapata, and City
3: Councilmember
4: Ian Sobieski to also
1: join us.
4: They haven't joined. Chris, is on. Chris, Chris is, is on.
1: Chris oh, Chris, Chris is Hagrid. here. Thank you,
5: Chris, for joining us. Ian is joining. I just resent him the uh, link. Thank you, Vice Mayor. Um, so I, I, uh, I can, Mr. Chair. Can you hear me? Yes, we can. Yeah. We also have Heidi Scoble on as well, who is important for this group. So I want to make sure that's noted.
1: Thank you, Chris. And thank you, Heidi, for participating. Um, we have a very good agenda today. Before we jump in though, I hope everyone is having a wonderful summer here at Sausalito. It's great to see the beautiful weather, to see a lot of you at Jazz by the Bay when we all convene. Um, we have a great agenda today and we'll try to run efficiently. Um, at a high level though, we'll be going through our marketing plan for the city. an update on that. Followed by discussing, just getting an update on some of the events that a number of you are working on. Uh, As part of our curation project, uh, today will be the first time seeing results of a survey that Scott Thornburg helped drive on ideas for types of new merchants we'd like to see in town. Uh, And so this will be the first step, uh, followed by a meeting with brokers and then reconvening as this group uh, to try to finalize that list uh, in October. We'd like to discuss today some ideas for incentives that the city can offer to tenants that prospective tenants that are on that list and then finally we have a group working on diversification uh, and they will be giving a report out on the work they're doing at looking at uh, the ship and an inventory underway so before we start our meeting um serge can you help me i'd like to see if there is any public comment for items that are not on our agenda today.
0: Sure. Video or audio public comment participation is limited to three minutes per speaker. If you would like to make a comment, please raise your hand in the Zoom application and you will be called upon when it's your time to speak. To raise your hand from a phone, please press Start 9. Each speaker will be notified when the time has elapsed. And. Chair Riley, I see no hands raised at the moment.
1: All right, thank you, Serge. Then we can continue with our business items. The first business item is the City Marketing Project. Um, And I'm gonna ask Scott Thornburg um, to provide us an update, if there is an update, uh, just to share with all of you. Um, As of Friday, we have yet to execute our contract with CDA, which we need, and we're hoping to have them join us for um, this session to give kind of a two-year plan update but um, Scott has there been any other work where we can discuss the contract status Uh,
6: no other work at this time they're they're on hold until we uh, sign the contract so uh, they're they're ready to go we've been sending them a lot of information they've been building out some of their plans but um, but they are on hold until we get that done
1: okay um with uh, our city manager Zapata, um do we have an update from you on the timing of getting the contract approved
5: when i see the contract in my office i'll sign it uh i've yet to see it so has that been sent to me
6: yeah so uh, the um the i i'm still new to the city contracting process so uh apologies if this is not clear but the uh we sent the scope of work um, the last time when we worked with uh, we worked with mary wagner to create a contract um, mm-hmm. on city paper um, with using that scope of work so um, i believe mary can create that for us if we need something from cda um, we can definitely go back to them and ask for that and, and i'm happy to get that today
5: well that that's very helpful um i'll call mary and find out um what she has and see what i need and then we'll execute it
1: And what we're hoping to accomplish with CDA, and they've been in a bit of a hold-in pattern, is for them to come to this group and present the kind of the two-year marketing plan. So over the course of two years, what are the programs, events, and how we're gonna use the investment that the city's making? And we also wanna discuss how we're gonna measure the results of those investments. So we'd hope to have that accomplished today, but uh, we're not at that point but we will set that as our goal for the next meeting. Uh, and Scott, I think you'd be comfortable working with CDA and help us deliver that, correct? Yeah, happy to. Okay. Um, so at this time, uh, and I'm gonna go through each of these business items and ask for a public comment on them. So I've been uh, remiss in doing that in the past. So uh, just on the update on the city marketing project, um, I'd like to see if there's any public comment at this time. And Serge, can you help me? i see
7: Uh, chair Riley. i i have a a a comment or two on on that if i could before we go to public comment okay yes walter if it's appropriate so i have this underlining question because i purchased these kinds of programs in the past myself for my own companies and as, and i'm not sure we're all on the same page in terms of what's involved in the length of time but these are not just a two-year program they're Multiple years and you, and the way you make out on them is that you, you do a big front front end investment, and then after that, you your your goal is to continue to um, work to get the search engine optimization to where you're top on the list, and and you're you know, you're you know the four month you're in, in people's face, and they and you look to come to Sausalito because they type something in there and it pops the Sausalito. So typically, whenever I purchase these kinds of programs, I would never look at a two-year investment. I always look at, like, maybe my marketing people would consult with me and they'd say, this is a three- or a um, a five-year project. And the reason why that's key is because if you just buy two years and you get it all set up, then where the real return is in year three, four, however long you have it, then you lose that that big upfront because you're not really getting advantage of that momentum you've got your search engine optimization may be really high but if you just abandon the project then you lost your investment so my only question is is there any kind of a financial commitment from the businesses or, or chamber or anybody that goes beyond the two years because the two years is a great start I think it's a great program I think it has a lot of upside um, you know, uh, CAST did some numbers, and they looked, you know, I kind of challenged the EDAC last time, can we crunch some numbers and see what the break-even is, and it looked very good. So my question is, are, why are we looking at this as a two-year project when, in fact, it's it really is essential that we look at it the length of the time that we want to have the benefit of the project?
1: Uh, well, I, I will attempt to answer, and Scott might have a more uh, professional answer, um so the idea behind two years was this is the first time the city is making this type of investment in a marketing program at this scale and we want to make sure that we are successful at it uh, before making a longer term commitment i do agree with you if this is successful we're going to want it to be ongoing and so as we're in our second year and we're measuring the results of the first year and making sure that we're starting to see the ROI we expected on these uh, incremental investments we can then be working on putting this into the budget for the third year um, so I, I think two years gives us adequate time to prove that we're starting to see the ROIs that we did uh, without over committing the city to a vendor for a longer term contract uh, and Scott may have further thoughts <phone rings>
6: Uh, no, I think you you hit the nail on the head there, Tom. Um, I'm a, I'm a big numbers guy, so for me, I would not want to commit to longer than two years until we can can prove out the return and we can see the the uptick in tax revenue, which is the goal of this campaign. So um, I think yes, we should be thinking longer term. I think um, another item that's been identified, um, uh, Vice Mayor Kalman brought up, that, you know, leader needs some help with branding overall um, as part of the the survey that we'll be going through later. Um, It's clear that uh, our own citizens don't always know what businesses are here, and there's a lot of marketing we need to do uh, internally with our own residents. Um, So uh, I think there's more we can do, but um, the initial contract just gets us through the next two years. Um, If we like the work that they're doing, we like the the return that we're getting from that, then we could always choose to extend based on uh, city budget and uh, planning and approval. Um, uh, one other comment you made uh, regarding the chamber. Um, uh, I know the chamber is doing a lot um, to market chamber businesses. Um, this year, the city um, also put up some funds to match some of the work that they were doing with Visit California, and we've already seen a good return on that investment. Um, so I, I don't know if Julie wants to speak to that later, but um, but we we are working with the chamber, and they're already doing a lot on their own. Um, so we're we're excited to partner with them going forward.
7: And Scott, who would be the the party that's responsible for measuring? Uh, you know, it, it's it, whenever we talk about projects like this, it's all exciting and everything. We get going, and then after a couple of years, it's just kind of forgotten. Is there somebody who would be responsible for measuring the um, the hardest thing is? And, and uh, Chair Riley talked spoke, spoke this. It, the the real key metrics are really not monetary; they're hits. That's uh, you know, how much, how, how, how much, uh, traffic do we attract, but looking at like tax revenue, which is kind of like a follow on, it's really difficult to determine what is incremental because we're coming out of the pandemic. I hope that business just goes up on its own because we're, we're moving out of the pandemic stage. So how you know, who's responsible for eventually measuring the success of that? And at when would that be measured
6: yeah great question so uh, it's going to be a combination of things so EDAC as a whole the marketing subcommittee that's working to to um, help direct some of the work that they're doing we'll be holding them accountable the marketing firm will provide some metrics and we'll also be partnering with the city um, to see what of that uptick we can see from the city side um, I think it's also going to be a combination of um, hearing from local businesses so for example Um, you know in above the tides has been very busy over the summer Um, but they have a they have a a lull in the winter months and that is some of the area where we have cda focused to um, help increase traffic to sausalito uh, with with uh, longer term visits during those winter months to help drive um, tax revenue in those winter months so i think for me that's one of the first places i'm going to look to see you know is our is overall visitation to the city during those months, how are the attendance at events that we're driving people to, uh, and, and so on. So there, there are a few different ways that we can get at that. And um, and CDA, as a part of their proposal, will be providing um, clear uh, KPIs or key performance indicators from their side that we will be using to measure them. And then from, from our side and, and working with the city and local businesses, uh, I think we'll, we'll have a, a clearer understanding of the actual impact. Um, and and I, I can assure you, we will be taking a very close look at that because it's something that, as I said, I'm a numbers guy. Um, I want to follow the money. I want to see where, where we're having an impact so that we can can continue to push there.
1: And I would, I would share, following on Scott's comments, which I agree with, uh, we're going to have a number of programs, campaigns, events that we'll work with CDA on. And we want to measure the return on each of those so when we look back we can have an understanding of where we get the best return what types of events are? what is it search engine optimization or is it partnering with visit california and the chamber so we should get pretty granular on you know measuring those kpis and where we're getting the best bang for the buck thank you for that discussion walter that'll be important going forward okay um, thank you both any other discussions about our city marketing project this time by members. Okay, I would like to see if there's any public comment on item 4A, business item 4A. Serge, let me know if anyone has their hands up.
0: Chair Riley, I see no hands raised at the moment.
1: Okay, Serge, I'd also like to uh, just recognize that Don Daglow has joined the meeting. Don, if you can just pick up so we can verify you're with us
8: yes i am and i apologize for the delay in my getting back to be here thank you we know that you're at a baseball
1: game (laughs) okay we're going to move on to item 4b uh and there's a number of folks uh one of our subcommittees working on new event ideas um this is just a discussion update at this time so everyone is abreast and i would like to ask uh miss monica finnegan to lead this discussion if you can provide an update monica
9: thanks tom um let me just go through the first couple of the first uh events that are on the list here and i think we've talked already about the holiday event uh it's actually a month's worth of activities that we have are collaborating with parks and rec with edac with chamber and with the, a waterfront foundation so everybody's on board and we've already developed a list of activities and a budget because we did submit uh, the budget for uh, review and we're going to have a, a ramp-up meeting September 21st so we'll get going and we'll have more to report but we've got a lot of the concepts established and we've got a really great collaboration of, of the folks in town to, to work on it the second event that um, we've got some traction on is something that we're we're going to try this It was a idea that actually uh, Marina O'Neill put forth, uh, which she thought was a great, it was a first Thursday in Calistoga and we're sort of replicating some of those kinds of ideas. And we're having something called Wednesday Night Live that we would spread throughout the city and it would encompass um, musicians and uh, plein air artists in various locations. Right now we're booked from October, November, December. We have a musician on October 6th, West Coast Cool is a jazz group and some artists are stepping up. The chamber is going to be involved with us in every one of these events and we'll have artists outside their um, location. In November, we have Hot Clams, which is another kind of a jazz group and they're a four piece jazz group. And it's Davy Jones from the Davy Jones Deli group, and a lot of people know about him. So those are two fun groups. And then in December, um, we, we we have invited the women's uh, ukulele group at the women's club, which should be fun music uh, outside of the Bank of America building. We've also engaged the Caledonia Street and the uh, restaurant owners, Divino's and F3 and the group there are reaching out and will participate in wednesday night live and um, we've been talking with golden gate market Um, so that section of town would be engaged as well they've been having music on thursday nights and i've asked if they would consider doing once a month a wednesday night uh, music event so we've got a lot of that movement uh going along parks and rec is helping and chambers helping so we'll be ready i hope to make some uh, formal announcements next week fishing boat boat show you want to take that
1: Tom well sure Um, uh, a very um, current update Uh, Chris Gallagher myself and Monica Finnegan met with uh, a gentleman uh, down at Clipper Yacht Harbor uh, who is interested in taking the lead on forming an annual boat show in the Clipper Yacht Harbor there was an attempt at a boat show about five years ago, but we went today. We walked the grounds, came up with a rough format and idea. And this gentleman is a boat broker of new boats, um, and he has talked to a number of other marine-oriented supply companies, boating companies, and has. There seems to be quite a bit of interest in pulling this off. So we have intent. Um, He believes that uh, in the springtime, uh, late March, early April, before opening day in the Bay is the best time, best weather to pull a show like this off. Um, And so I would say this is initial meeting of an interested group of marine-oriented people that uh, if we can somehow support and get some organization behind, uh, that we could bring a, a goal, an annual boat show, uh, at the north end of town to Sausalito which could attract you know regional visitors um, that uh, can spend quite a bit of money on some pretty uh, high ticket items. So uh, that I would say we've kicked off informally and now we've got to bring some formal structure and that's my update I'll ask uh, Chris or Monica if, you, if there's any other color you'd like to provide.
6: Mm-hmm. Chris, I,
1: I, don't, I don't have
9: anything. Yeah, uh, Chris has uh, initiated the contact with, with uh, Tahoe. They know one another. He is a South Leader fire Person and has had a long uh, relationship with the boating industry. So we're hoping that Chris will hang in and help us coordinate everything and uh, looking for a lot more help with how to get this structured. So we have the paddle fest on here and we have no report on that. We've that's, we've been too busy on all these other things. So that's out in the future. And, and we'll talk to Bob wanted to maybe push forward on that. So we'll take a look and see how we can organize something there, but we got our hands full with these projects right now.
1: Yeah. And I, I want to thank, uh, Monica for her leadership on the holiday celebration, uh, that month long event of things. So that's in the month of December. It's, uh, great to bring people to the town during then. And on the Wednesday Night Lives that is the first Wednesday of each month. And she planned out three months, October, November, December. Uh, so that's been just a tremendous amount of work. And if we can get the annual fish boat show kind of started uh, for next spring timeframe, um, I think we're, we're making some good investments to bring folks to our town. So um, any questions or comments from Eda? Members on some of the events that uh, are underway.
10: Tom, um, I have a question. Yes. Um, has anybody asked Clipper uh, when they plan on replacing their docks? Because it's a big project and I know it's going through the city process now. Maybe Heidi knows or somebody else, but um, that would disrupt things if it's going to happen uh, when we're planning. So.
1: Yeah, we looked at their docs today. The South Docs have been replaced. It's the North docks that they need to do replacement. I don't know if Heidi has an update on that.
2: Unfortunately, I do not have an update, but I can definitely um, look into that and provide the EDAC with a follow up.
1: Yeah. And uh, can I don't think that it would necessarily
0: delayed the, the boat show because it's not meant to be all of clipper it's going to be very concentrated initially and then hope to grow so i think the two could still happen simultaneously
1: yeah um, ken is aware of the the ken peterson aware of the desire to use the, the property and seems to be supportive but we, we should just understand what those construction plans are any other so questions?
7: I, had, I had a quick comment uh for monica yes. I'm really excited, Monica, how you've kind of uh, got everybody together on this thing. You know, instead of working in silos, park and rec is involved, chamber. And so it's really kind of encouraging to see having some projects like this and everybody's kind of working together, all rowing the same direction as opposed to, you know, having their own thing going on. So my hat's off to you, Monica, for putting everyone together on that.
11: Thank you. Thank you.
1: Okay. Okay. Other comments from EDAC members before we go to public comment? All right, thank you. I'd like to ask for public comment on business item 4B, which are some of the new events that Um, Tom, Your city
3: manager, city manager Chris Spada has had his hand up for a while.
1: I don't know if that's
3: from an old question or a new question that he has.
1: Chris,
5: do you have a comment or question? Yeah, I I wanted to let the, the commission finish. So thank you, Julie. Uh, for recognizing that I I had a comment and uh, just an information piece Uh, first of all yeah it's great that um, folks are working on adding to the excitement in Sausalito uh, especially as it relates to waterside downtown or cultural activities those things are all uh, very very um, good for our our community I just wanted to tell you that uh, there's been a request and multiple requests from council people about extending our music uh, our Fridays Uh, so we're trying to put that together it's not definitive yet but the one thing we are doing is we're working with the performing stars from Marin City to try to figure out what the next two Fridays might look like Uh, you know um, once we nail it down uh, Mayor Hoffman should make an an announcement tomorrow night but but the thought would be is to to keep those Fridays going uh, because it seems to me that there's a great uh, what I call ROI on it return on involvement Uh, and makes the community feel good connect so uh, I know our parks and recreation staff is busy busy so uh, therefore the reach out to Marin City and performing uh, stars group led by uh, our friend Felicia uh, to kind of take our current uh, relationships and build them stronger uh, and to continue that event not this Friday but the following Friday so keep your fingers crossed Uh, we'll see what happens
1: That is exciting City Manager Spata. so thank you. I think we'd all love to see as we're this wonderful weather to see those Fridays continue. Um, all right, so at this time, Serge, if you can help me, uh, I'd like to ask for public comment on business item 4B, the events we are discussing.
0: Chair Riley, we do have a hand raised and Sandra Bushmaker, you've been asked to unmute and share your video.
1: Sandra, thank you for joining us and uh, please proceed.
11: Whoops! I don't know what happened here, but I lost everything on the screen. But nevertheless, um, I just had a question about how do you anticipate? Whoops. We can hear
1: you. Yes, we we hear you, and see you.
11: Okay. How do you anticipate uh, handling um, the traffic for the boat show? You know, typically people do arrive in two ways: one, they drive in, and two, they boat in. And uh, where, where would the uh, attendees park their, berth their boats for the show? Thank you.
1: Well, Sandra, this is uh, just initial planning. Today we had a meeting down at Clipper Yacht Harbor, and we believe that that parking lot is large enough to accommodate the folks that drive in. Um, there are some guest slips for people that would boat in on their private boats that we also took a look at. And there is that spit that's kind of at the end of Clipper Yacht Harbor where there's uh, kind of more gravelly and there's benches out there. And that's where we would envision vendor booths to be so that you're not using the parking spots. Uh, We identified seven available slips for new boats to be featured. Um, Again, the low boats would be in the water. So we are trying to accommodate the parking in the Clipper Yacht Harbor parking lot. Now that leads to the question of you know traffic patterns and you know in and out of the city, which we would have to have volunteers you know helping with traffic and work with the police and so on and so forth. But that those discussions haven't occurred yet.
0: And Chair Aliersi, see, I see no other hands raised at the moment.
1: Okay, um, at this time, I'd like to move to item four C. Business item four C, which is recruiting desired businesses. And I'll provide a little bit of background. Um, a subcommittee, the Retain and Recruit Subcommittee has been looking at the vacancies. This is focused right now on kind of our retail sector. Um, and has been looking at the vacancies that we have and tracking them. And we view this as an opportunity for us to, to attempt to curate some of the new businesses that come into our town versus just leaving up to whatever a landlord can find. And so the idea was let's get some input from EDAC and the community and our liaisons and city council on types of businesses we'd like to see in our town that are more resident serving and also attract a higher quality um, visitor. And if we can come up with a list that EDAC agrees on, then we can our next item is going to be what are some incentives that we can offer to the desired tenants to help them come to our town versus going to another town so that's our exercise uh scott thornburg uh, has been doing an excellent excellent work in getting input from those of us on the phone here uh the city council members uh, other folks in the community on types of businesses and that's what we're gonna to review today is the initial input that we've gotten What we'd like to do with this input is actually sit down with some brokers and get their ideas on the ones we've come up with and do they have other ideas that they've seen. And then come back as a group in October for us to finalize kind of a target list. And that list would have both types of businesses and maybe some specific brands we would go after. Um, So that's the background to hand it over to Scott to present his initial results.
6: Thank you Tom, um, well, first of all, thank you to everyone that filled out the survey. We had uh, a really great response, um, 84 responses or so. Um, and a special thank you to the city and, uh, and Abbott Chambers who helped us to get this into the currents um, and get the word out to residents so we could uh, source some, some really great feedback. Uh, what I'm gonna walk you through and let me going to present my screen, uh, here we go. All right, can everyone see my screen? Yes. Okay, thank you, Tom. Um, So um, I'm gonna walk you through the high-level results. Um, I I spent uh, roughly five or six hours going through all of the the feedback that we got um, and and tried to really um, synthesize this down into usable information. Um, That said, um, we'll make sure that everyone has a full copy of all of the responses. There were a lot of really amazing responses that we got people took a lot of time to really be thoughtful um, and and, and to really think about what they wanted for Sausalito and um, I would encourage all of you to dive into those and and read through that Um, so for um for everyone to know the survey link and the full survey results are linked in this um, spreadsheet this PowerPoint which I will um, send everyone uh, after the call Um, so what do Sausalito residents want um the the top 10 most requested um things they want by category types of businesses clothing or boutiques clothing boutiques number one restaurants number two Uh, there were some specific um caveats to this one but uh, but restaurants generally they they said they wanted more food Uh, wine bars or tasting room a bakery it was a big one movie theater cannabis retail bookstore, kitchen and home store. Um, I combined those, that, but uh, some people use those terms interchangeably, so we combined that into one category. Um, a pharmacy or drugstore and a brewery or beer hall. Um, and you can see to the right, um, I just did a really quick visualization of how often these terms came up in what the recommendations were. Um, and you can see here, uh, clothing, bakery and food were by far the most common and then wine. Um, I, I think um, it paints a pretty clear picture of what, uh, what our residents are, are asking for. Um, and, and we'll talk a little bit more about um, some of those specific details in a few minutes. But, um, but the, again, I think this is a, a quick synopsis of, uh, of the types of businesses specifically that they wanted. Uh, we didn't ask for this. Um, but, of course, uh, anytime we're doing a, a, a survey, it's always helpful to have all, all types of feedback. And so we did get some feedback from uh, our residents of things they don't want. Um, so um, our residents said they did not want anything tourist-oriented. So T-shirts, um, T-shirt shops was, was by far the most common response of things that, that people do not want. Um, souvenir shops keep cheap, kitschy trinkets. Um, by the way, some of these are direct quotes, um, so these are not my words, but um, low quality or poor design, cheesy, generic mass market, um, fisherman's wharf-like things, tchotchkes, ice cream, candy shops, jewelry stores, and socks. Um, I think the um, for some of these responses, it was more that these items are already presented. We don't necessarily need more, uh, but I won't add any more clarifiers beyond that Um, other things that residents said they did not want were big box stores um, more bike shops um, chain stores or chains parking lots um, quote grandma outfits Uh, i'll leave you to to define that for yourself Um, art galleries banks um, specifically a cannabis storefront on bridgeway Um, This was a a specific comment that I thought was worthwhile. Um, Casinos, um, Italian or Thai restaurants. I mentioned there was a caveat. People wanted more food, but they said, no more Italian, no more Thai. Um, And they didn't want things that were too expensive or too high end. Um, Where do Sausalito residents shop currently? Um, A lot of discussion about this when we went through the initial results. Um, The short version is, we left this question intentionally vague to see how people would respond, but we said, if you're not shopping in Sausalito, where do you go? And um, the uh, we had some people that said took us very literally for their their daily shopping uh, they're getting groceries and they're going here for that or they're buying things for their their house or they're buying prescriptions and this is where they're going for that. Um, and so we got some questions some responses um, you know that would say like, um you know uh, mill, mill valley or or, or uh, the Corta madera town center or um costco in Novato, um and then we also had some people that said further out you know uh, we we really love you know 12th avenue in nashville we love you know uh, half moon bays main street um and and when they're when they're you know healdsburg and when they're outside of the area um, when they think about a destination that they enjoyed shopping and walking around, these are their recommendations. And so um, people took this in two different directions, but here were the top 10 results of what uh, of what we heard. Mill Valley um, was by far the most common, um, uh, about 30% higher or so than than the rest of these. Um Corte Madera, Larkspur specifically, the Bren Country Mart, Um, The San Francisco Ferry Building uh, came up quite a bit. Uh, Marina or Chestnut Streets or Union Street in San Francisco, or excuse me, the Marina District, and then specifically Chestnut Street or Union Street. I combined that into one category here. Um, Sonoma Square, Healdsburg, San Anselmo, Hayes Valley in San Francisco, um, and the Barlow in Sebastopol. Um, and again, these are just the, the some of the most common results. There were many more that were very close. Um, so I would encourage you to look through the rest of the rankings. Specific stores of interest. Um, so uh, these were the top 10. Again, these are the most common names. Um, so um, when, we, when we, well, I'm, I'm not going to clarify that. I'll just dive right in. So number one here, Rustic Bakery. Number two, Trader Joe's. Number three, Heath Ceramics, um, Surla Tab, Hudson Grace, Apple Store, uh, Whole Foods, Five Little Monkeys, Pharmaca, and the Mill Valley Lumberyard. Or the Mill, uh, as it's commonly called. Um, these are all pretty close within a, a point or two of each other, starting from the top. Um, I, and you'll, you'll see right away here that, you know, while we, we had some people saying, you know, no big box stores, no chains, um, no mass, you know, kind of mass market things. We, we do still have some of that represented here. And I think, um, we have some, uh, unique stores, like five little monkeys, that's a children's store that came up quite a lot. Um, you know, but some of these like Trader Joe's, for example, um, you know, are, are definitely falling into that big box store category. So, um, what I think is, um, me to maybe more interesting or more helpful um, take a lot more time and more than just me, but there, there were a lot of, of individual responses um, that people put in, um, you know, a named store that they go to in a specific location that maybe they love, but you know, other people didn't necessarily name. Um, I think a next layer down of, of analysis would be to, to see what's in what many of those stores have in common and, and looking at uh, the various uh responses that came in to see what people are really looking for what what it is that they like um, about those stores Um, we did get some of that in the survey so we'll be taking a closer look at that but um here we are Um, and that's really it so um high level overview of uh what we learned from the survey um and um at this time i don't know if, uh, if anybody else has any other comments or questions tom
1: uh, I'll just make a comment on one of your earlier comments about um, marketing to our residents better, the businesses we currently have. Like in that first list where it says, hey, we need another wine bar or tasting room, we have several in town. Or we need a bookshop. Um, we have, you know, a great bookshop in town. So part of it is, you know, educating our residents on what is available today versus introducing new competition. Um, the other thing i thought was interesting in these other locales when we come up with a target list like this 10 if we tighten it or expand it i'd be up for going to some of these other target locales and seeing if there is a boutique kitchen shop let's say in hillsburg or um you know a specific type of pharmacy in one of these places that we can actually try to recruit um so a lot of times these retailers that might have one or two locations would be interested in a, in a place like Sausalito. Um, anyways, I thought this is a lot of information you presented, Scott. Um, very well organized, synthesizing down all that data. Thank you for all your time. Maybe we can just turn over to the other members for comments or questions, and then coming out of that, we can discuss next steps.
8: I'll jump in with, with one comment. One thing we discussed as we looked at, at this data, and Scott, thank you so much for organizing it so well, it made it so much easier for us to review it, was that some of the kinds of businesses people were asking for were businesses which had tried to make a go of it in Sausalito and had failed to do so. And clearly if we have business who's in, the, in a category that people want that have failed, Okay, maybe it was something about that specific business. Maybe it was caused by the way that business approached. But I think part of what we have to look at that's easy to talk about and very hard to do is some kind of community information program so that people in the community who want to support local businesses get information about it. And we have to sell the idea to the community of supporting local businesses because if people have gotten out of the habit of shopping in Sausalito, changing habits is one of the hardest things to do. But when we do it, that's how you create real user loyalty. So I think that uh, we have to look forward to that as part of the process, that it is trying to rebuild that momentum of getting uh, local residents to not give up on shopping in Sausalito or dismiss it, but to proactively seek it out so that we don't again lose businesses that are the kinds of businesses that people are asking for
1: in Don this is Tom Um, I second that notion and it's not just you know marketing getting loyalty from our residents part of our strategy is to get regional residents also loyal to our businesses because our town is too small to support all of our businesses so we need Instead of our folks going to Mill Valley, we need folks from Mill Valley coming here on a regular basis, and Larksburg coming here, and to be less dependent on you know day tourists that are coming over on buses, what have you, and uh, having businesses that are sustained by our residents and the regional community that uh, we build loyalty with. Exactly. And that, I think that's part of our you know our marketing program that we open this discussion with is to achieve that.
12: Um. Yes, Bob um i think uh monica and i've been in this business um i think one of the things that'll will be very productive is when we do have a group of brokers retail brokers here and we go through not only the top 10 most requested list but also throw at them all the names of all the stores that that popped up that you know folks mentioned that they would like Um, because the the brokers having done this many times Brokers are going to quickly tell us um, whether or not uh, which stores might have an interest in Sausalito given our demographics, parking issues, um, uh, you know, the socioeconomic radius map data that we can give them. Um, Because I've always found, and I think Monica too, is that, you know, the, the really good, unique stores, they they have representation, and we'll probably have to brokers in our room here. So um, I think it's going to be a really uh, effective way uh, to quickly understand what is realistic here, um, you know, in, including, you know, the, the Trader Joe's and Whole Foods. Those are really possibilities, you know, given, you know, people don't want chain and or more importantly, you know, the parking that they're going to want uh, if they were to open a store here um, you know Pharmaca etc. So um, I'm really looking forward to having a threat with the retail brokers community and from San Francisco and, and Marin County and even the East Bay brokers um, out to them and, and I'll let Monica add if, if she'd like.
9: I'll just say a couple of things you have to bear in mind the size of uh, <clears throat> The square footage of space that we have available. And uh, the largest space we have is 7000 square feet on Caledonia. And I know that there are a couple of tenants looking at that. Um, and then the rest of them are, you know, relatively smaller like 1000 2000 uh, 700 square feet whatnot. not. So some of the lists of the tenants on here would not fit that smaller size. But I think also what is going to happen is we'll, as we go through our recovery, we're going to find that some of the ten- existing tenants here are maybe not going to make it. So we might have a whole new list of, of available space. But right now we have uh, the Hotel Salito just got approved through the planning commission. And they have tenants interested in both of their empty spaces. And they've got leases that they're negotiating. So that takes a couple of the square footage the couple of the available spaces off of our list of um vacancies so that goes forward and then we've got you know some smaller spaces to fill and there are some really good ideas on here that we could go after that could could accommodate south so that's just one piece
1: in on monica's comments um this is tom uh we should set as a goal to have as few vacancies and vacancies for the shortest amount of time. Right. Uh, because vacancies just hurt our revenues as a city and it hurts the pure businesses. Uh, and right now we're kind of incrementally adding more vacancies than reducing them. Um, and so part of this program is how can the city pursue some businesses we want and get them into these vacancies sooner? Any other comments from EDEC members?
13: As, again, great presentation and wonderful input. This is exactly what I was hoping to get as part of this committee. Um, I'm struggling with the term "grandma outfits." Um, can someone clue me in? <laughs> I, I don't know.
6: I'm going to leave that up to your imagination, Malcolm. But yeah, uh, <laughs> there there were yeah. some colorful comments.
14: I had a question um, so I just wanted to double check the number of people who answered the survey did I see 84
6: yes that's correct 84
14: okay so because I was just thinking I'm just trying to make sense of the population size right because the city of Sausalito was around I think 7,000 so I just I was wondering is it possible for this to be done on a larger scale at some point or is there has and forgive me if I missed this but has there been any any thought around that
6: that is a great question and um, we we did take in at least one comment from someone uh, you know after the survey closed they just emailed EDAC so we did factor in their their responses as well Um, from my perspective you know I think anyone can share feedback with EDAC at any point we are always open to that and welcome Uh, we can look at expanding or extending the the timeline of, of that. Um, I will tell you that uh, if we if we were to uh, do this again, I would change the format of the survey a little bit so that not every answer is so open-ended um, because it did take quite a bit of time to go through all of those responses. Um, but yeah, I think there's a way that we could potentially capture more. Um, we did send it out in Currents um, and I believe um, someone else probably has this number, but I, I think they have around 4,000 or so subscribers for that newsletter. Um, So it's pretty good penetration for the city. Um, And we, uh, you know, so people did have access to it, um, but uh, yeah, we, we, with more time and uh, a little more planning, we we probably could have gotten uh, an even larger response. So a a good learning for next time. Well,
1: I think what could help us where we can get the residents to help us actually, when we come up with, let's say, our target 10 list of categories, for residents to, in their travels or other cities to suggest brands that they've seen that map those categories, um, that we can then have a team that reaches out to those, those merchants to see if they'd be interested in Sausalito.
6: Yeah, that's right. And I, I see the vice mayor here, it's getting hand up. One one comment I wanna make really quickly before we before we switch gears, the um, something that, that um, I forget you said it earlier, uh, Bob, I think talking about socioeconomic. So for me as a, as a PR guy, like reading between the lines and trying to map out the story for all of the responses that we got, there are gaps in terms of what people want at various stages in their life. And so you have, um, you know, some people that are very interested in, you know, homewares and kitchen and and kitchen things they are maybe nesting in a new house versus other people that are really just, they just want a drugstore. They just don't want to have to drive to Mill Valley to get their prescriptions filled or, or wherever. Um, so, um, I think that's going to be a really important um, task for EDAC is to bridge the gap between um, all of our residents and and meeting the needs of all of our residents. And it's a really hard job, um, but but I do think that that's going to be really important. Um, another one, uh, quick caveat caveat here. So um, you see that cannabis is ranked pretty highly. Um, again, just from a professional PR perspective, um, there's a chance. Um, but that is ranked highly because it is top of mind for people right now it's been on the city council agenda recently so um you know people may be maybe that may be top of mind for people and they may be putting that in um it's ranking very highly at the moment uh, but there were a lot of responses as i said that were very close in like the bottom half of this list um that uh it, that's why again I would just encourage you to read all of the results because there was a lot of really great great feedback
4: Of 20, yeah.
6: Right.
4: Yeah. Thank you so much, and Scott, amazing job putting this together. I know you spent many an hour, and huge thanks, Bob and Monica, for your your insight from the broker perspective. Um, this slide is is really interesting, really helpful. Uh, the slide that um, concerned me, not because anything anybody here did, was the uh, list of named businesses, most of which uh, would be forbidden under our formula retail uh, designation, and so. One of the things that we had talked about in the planning commission the last couple of years was whether there was a way to update the formula retail concept um, to be sort of Marin County focused. Uh, so maybe, you know, fewer than four locations, but headquartered in Marin County or something along those lines that recognized sort of the changing nature of, of retail and, and spaces, but still kept the intention of the formula retail, um, you know, portion of the code. So I'd be interested to hear EDAC's perspective on that. And then I'm wondering if Monica could put her sister city's hat on, um, I think it'd be really uh, interesting if there was a nod to our our Portuguese heritage in some of our curation. I mean, we don't have a Portuguese restaurant, we don't have so if anything that sort of speaks to that, of course, we have Qashqai uh, in the Plaza downtown. Um, So I think something that kind of fits into the the branding and the um, uh, in the marketing effort that we're doing could also be uh, quite interesting, but really great initial job, uh, you guys and, and thank you for the presentation, Scott.
1: Uh, Vice Mayor, on that, uh, in the past, we have discussed the formula of retail restrictions in town and kind of visiting that to make sure that we had um, some exceptions that, as you said, um, we can bring forward uh, on an exception basis. Would you like us to visit visit that language in our next meeting? Um,
4: I I don't think so, because I I think that would maybe put the the emphasis on the wrong direction. Um, I think this, this group's time is better spent finding a unique and sort of salty mix of businesses um, that are in fact different, uh, rather than trying to find a way to bring the folks on this particular list into town. So that would just be my personal uh, bias that I'd rather see more independent purveyors uh, because I think that fits who we are as a community.
1: Uh, And I agree with that. There's a number of folks on this list that I don't think we'd want to bring here. These are just, we came out in that survey my question is, when you say is there a, you know, a Marin-based retailer with three shops or four shops that we'd like to bring to town that might not pass our current ordinance, do you want us to look at that language and accommodate that or would you have the Planning Commission do that or City Council?
4: Uh, I think it's probably a Planning Commission uh, role. I wouldn't take up this body's time with that. You all are busy enough and, and have your hands full finding the businesses and, and making sure there's a fit with the spaces. But thank you for that, Chair Riley.
1: Okay, uh, thank you. Uh, I see the city manager has a uh, comment yeah,
5: um A couple of things jumped out at me real quick and forgive me for being so noisy this meeting. Um, the information on where people shop, um, every quarter we get a sales tax report. And I'm not sure that I saw in the last uh, sales tax report that we got, where our leakages uh, so I'd like to marry those those lists with you know what we think is happening and what this list is saying and then you know I really encourage this group you know to help the city uh, with the idea of what is our competitive edge why why would all these people want to come to Sausalito given that you know we have so many restrictions and so little property and, you know there are obvious things that jump out you know water number one the fact that you are one Mill, Mill Valley and larkspur and other places like that have minimal water but you have real water um you know your location you're the first place and the last place off the 101 i mean i think that's significant uh your vistas are unmatched uh so that's all to our ed- to our, our competitive edge uh, but then you know what are our weaknesses you know uh, is it you know the fact that you know we have some restrictive uh, ideas about who can come here uh, that we have minimal property that we have a hard uh, scenario in terms of entry and ease of entry into uh, businessing and business licensing and so forth. But those things to me would help me. If I heard from this group, these are the things we want to sell uh, regarding Sausalito. Uh, I've already heard pretty much about the weaknesses, but I haven't heard a lot about, to me, what are, you know, really the thinking of folks. And, and i give you an example. Um, one of the things that uh, John DeRay did with me last week was take me to go see some of the um, uh, marineship and and to see all the people succeeding there and succeeding to a point where they can't go anywhere. I mean they can't grow anymore so so you have scenarios where you have um, people that are looking at you know potentially leaving Sausalito because their business is doing so well they don't fit in the place they are anymore uh, so so what does that mean and how do you address things like that? So if this group were to help with the idea of Where the opportunities are that uh, this survey showed, uh, that's one thing. But helping the city staff with, you know, what it is that we think uh, we need to sell in terms of competition. uh, Because we do have some vacancies, uh, one of them quite large. Carlo Burke's property is vacant right now. It's quite large. And he's asking for help on, you know, recruiting uh, folks to that. And, you know, helping me and helping our staff get the story straight. And it's consistent with EDAC and with city council would be helpful to me
1: thank you Chris um, I think we all agree those are uh, spot-on comments and John thank you for giving them one of your great tours
12: um, okay Can I a yes, couple ma'am. more quick comments yes, um, Chris uh, a, a couple key things to your point um, you know with the brokers they First of all, we're going to have to definitely define for them the formula retail so that they know exactly what can and can't come to Sausalito. Um, and the other thing is the radius map with some demographic. Um, brokers want to get deals done. And what I have found um, is that when brokers come, if they know that the city's ready to make deals and, and get leases signed, um, so that they can get paid their commission and have success. And a lot of that has to do with the permitting process. San Francisco, um, with COVID, they introduced a 30-day um, permit process for retailers because there's so much retail vacancy in San Francisco. And we just did a deal with Schlock's Bagels. I've done deals with Slanted Door, with um, and the guys that own uh and the 30-day permit process is maybe more like 40 but the word is out on the street that it's working and to me um, that's going to be key to getting deals closed is for us to be able to represent that you know Heidi's done a great job as Oz Os- um, Osmondson whatever I can't I can't pronounce it a concierge um so I think that's going to be a big thing as far as um helping get our vacancies filled is knowing uh the brokers knowing that they can get deals done and uh have success
5: yeah yeah understood thoroughly understood i I think the other part of the agenda is going to talk about incentives so we might want to kind of circle back to this topic then
1: yes thank you um that'll be our next topic is what 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 are ideas that we can put in the hands of our city manager that when we have a a business we want to recruit, uh, how we can have some incentives. So um, before we go to that, uh, just on the presentation that uh, Scott gave, any other comments or questions? Okay, at this time on the survey results, um, I'd like to open it up for public comment and see if there's any public comment on item, business item 4C. Serge, can you let me know if there's any
0: public comment? I see one yeah. hand. Yes. Riley, uh, Sandra Bushmaker. She's uh, been asked to be unmuted and share her video.
1: Welcome back, Sandra.
11: I'm here now. I had a couple of thoughts. Uh, it was an interesting survey and I appreciate hearing the results, uh, but I didn't see anywhere on the survey uh, an answer for where in shop. Uh and that is the online category and how EDAC is going to uh, lure people offline and into shops downtown or anywhere in Sausalito for that matter. Uh, so I think that that needs to be addressed and um, you know how EDAC would encourage people to come and shop locally, particularly the residents. Uh, and the other concept that occurred to me while I was listening to the presentation is I do see some tension between uh, how to increase the number of businesses and the types of businesses downtown with this, at the same time, a park proposal for the parking lots. I'm just pointing that out as some tension that seems to uh, need some sort of discussion or resolution. That's it. Thank you. Thank you.
0: And Chair Riley, I see no other hands raised
1: thank you search okay uh, at this time we're going to move on to item 4d and as chris had uh, mentioned um to talk about some some incentives and the way i think of this is if we can come up with a target list of categories that we desire as a city to bring as merchants and mind you this is right now we're discussing the kind of the, the retail merchants segment uh, in the diversification discussion later we'll talk about uh, other industries but right now in that retail kind of segment if we have a desired uh, merchant and there's a prospective tenant showing interest what can we do to empower uh chris and team to help us close those merchants and i would be the first to say that uh, chris thank you for stepping, uh-huh. up meeting prospective merchants and meeting with landlords you are uh, really showing the kind of interest from a city to help us recruit these folks. So your time is, you, a meeting with you is like the first incentive. Um, but I thought we'd have a discussion of other things we can empower. And um, just to sheer sure ideas that we've talked in the past, um, as Bob had suggested, a streamlined permitting process. If we say, hey, if you're a retail business, same use that building what have you, We've got a a streamlined process as one idea to assign a concierge to help through the permitting process. Could be the thing to ensure that we have uh, that streamlined. To possibly consider waiving permit fees uh, as another incentive. Um, Someone in the past had suggested, you know, offering employees uh, some parking spaces for some period of time. Uh, so that, you know, when you're getting a business going, you can have two employees parking in city lots as, as an idea. So no. I thought we just discuss some of these ideas. And really, these are a lot of packages we'd offer to any prospective tenant. These would be, would be selective at the use of Chris if there's a tenant on our target list that we all feel could really add to our city. And then we could judiciously offer those hopefully trying to enclose closing tenants. So that's the part of this discussion, is just to solicit ideas from the membership on what are other incentives we could offer or other ways we could you know, help curate the type of businesses we bring into town.
8: You know, this one is com- wall. Oh, go ahead, Don. Yeah, I, the one comment I would make is that I think this is a process that has two parts to it. There's a sizzle part and there's a steak part. And we listed the stake-type parts of concrete benefits we could offer. Because we have an image problem where people say, oh, it's too hard to get into Sausalito, I'm not even going to try. And so that reduces our choice of potential uh, uh, tenants to fill the vacancies and the right kinds of business that people are asking for in the survey and in other feedback mechanisms we have. So to me, the sizzle, and a great example, I've, I've mentioned this uh, once before, I think, when I ran a business in San Rafael and our lease was nearing uh, expiration, so we were going to either have to renew or move, the mayor of San Rafael showed up at my office. And uh, I admit it's, it's a symbolic gesture. It wasn't like that was going to change anything, but it certainly made a statement that the city was proactively working to hold on to businesses. And then there was follow up from other city offices on that. And when you're having to change your impression, it's like changing a brand, Uh, it takes time to do that. So I think that when we're talking about options, we have to talk about two things. Number one, and Chris, uh, what you're doing is that kind of thing by meeting with people. It's exactly what I'm describing. That's the sizzle. And we need both because just changing, just putting forward changed programs if everybody's mind is already closed it's hard for that to help so we have to get the word out and it's walking the walk in addition to just talking. it so finding ways to do that so i think it's a two-part discussion um
7: don uh so the other thing i wanted to add to that and is that i think that the the person who best identifies what the what uh prospective business would like would be the person who's talking with them and i in this case it might be chris uh i don't know how many businesses coming to a town talk to the city manager um i surely didn't when i um, went, um started businesses in various towns but i a while ago uh i know ray with is no longer on the council but he said when we were talking about um, formula retail just bring us an opportunity you know and and we'll look at it and i think if the, if the city council has that kind of an attitude where they're going to look at look at an opportunity then it, it kind of empowers the city manager to to you know say look I'm I'm talking to these people and here are their hot buttons and uh, I think this is important I don't think this is that important whatever uh, I don't know if Chris if your role if you really get in the middle of that very often or not but I certainly think that um it's if my, from where I've always come from is what is the, what are the, uh, stated needs of the, of the business coming in as opposed to what we think they want. And those are all great ideas about the employee park and everything, but, you know, it may not be, um, that important to people. So I, I would suggest that we, that someone be empowered to be uh, a point person to talk to these people when they come in, you know, show them around and, and really, um, find out
9: what their needs are I've been playing that role a little bit just because of my background and I can tell you one thing that has been very beneficial is and this was Lily's idea when we were working with uh, one small user and also with the Hotel Sausalito is we organized with the architect and the uh, building owner in one case and a meeting with the entire group that they would have to go through the planning the building department and the DPW and that was a startup meeting that told exactly what they had to go through what they had to do what the timing was and all the needs that they had and that was very very successful the challenge of course has been with the COVID and with the staff reduction is you know having time available for everyone so that's that's been one particular thing the other challenge has been one tenant really wanted to be here. And we w- looked at all the spaces available downtown and we could not find something that was a suitable fit for them. And even if we took them to Caledonia or any other spot. So working with those tenants and working with the landlords, we just need to meet with them frequently, which we have been doing and getting some understanding of the needs. As I said earlier, we're working on a, another uh, couple of tenants at 101 Caledonia and we know what they need. We just have to figure out a way to get it for them. So that's just an answer to a little bit to what Walt is suggesting. Um, so anyway.
1: Uh, one comment I was just going to make on Don's um, comments, and Monica and Bobby, you okay. can help answer. Um, if we're considered hard to do business with, that is mostly gonna be coming from the brokers. It's not gonna be coming from small little businesses. It seems seems part of this would be a real marketing campaign to the brokers, right? When we have our ducks together after maybe our next meeting or two, and we come out here's the target businesses, we got input from our community, we really want these types of businesses. Here's what our city manager is empowered to do, what have you and we have a campaign to the brokers to help us recruit those target businesses. Is that the correct way to look at it?
9: For example, there are, let's see, there are two spaces that are represented by brokers, for sublease or for lease. So definitely we would want to pull them into the dialogue and see what kind of experience they're having. Um, There are other brokers that we've been working with that we have called and or mailed and or shown them the vacant spaces um, downtown downtown, and in some some cases, Caledonia. And those are brokers that are active that have tenant representation. And those are the brokers we wanna reach, the tenant representation uh, kind of brokers. So we're working with a couple of them right now. There's a tenant rep broker that is helping us with 101 Caledonia. Um, there is a uh, broker that we've talked with on several of the smaller spaces that was actually referred to us by Hanson Spirits because they've used them in the past and uh, they've been recruited. So finding the right brokers to work with and identify that are the tenant rep brokers is where we need to go. Would you say so, Bob?
12: <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah, and they're, and they're they're easily identifiable. I mean, we could get a list in no right. time. I mean, right. people know who the hot brokers are these days. Right. So the only other comment I would make is, is, Chris, I don't know if you've seen this, but, um, you know, at times cities, downtowns go through, you know, what Saucyut is going through. I mean, other cities, much worse, where you have vacancy. Mm-hmm. Have you ever seen anything done that would incentivize the actual landlord to get their space leased? Because it's one thing for us to find the broker and the tenant, but if we have landlords that aren't motivated to get deals done, um, have you ever seen anything in your experience that would work motivating landlords? Uh, Yeah, one
5: instance, buy them out. (laughs) (laughs) That's
12: your limited domain.
5: (laughs) No, no, not that. Oh, (laughs) but but you know, just work with them on some type of acquisition. and that's something that I've seen be effective when a property that has some obvious value is just being sat on uh, or can't be filled for whatever reason. Uh, if the city wants to make a strategic decision and buy it out, they do it. I think you kind of see this uh, happen, and maybe not a good example, but a semi-example is you know, looking at you know, the B of A building and looking at um, the um, machine shop building as uh, strategic and opportunities to kind of move something quickly. And maybe uh, people would argue the city isn't the group to do that, but but that is a thought, you know, that if you control it, uh, then you can actually make something happen on it. Some people would argue let the private sector do that. But, yeah, Bob, I mean, that's, that's one approach I've seen in other cities where uh, we saw something where the investor was out of state or wasn't interested, and so we approached them and said, what if we uh, paid you a fair value, and then we would have that situation to deal with and not you. And it worked a couple of times.
1: Chris, have
5: you seen situations where cities
1: have uh, penalties applied if a building is sitting vacant? I think San Francisco has uh, a penalty applied to vacant buildings based on linear square footage on a street um, after a period of time. Have you had that experience?
5: No. No. Yeah, that's that's an interesting concept. You know, if you want to tell somebody you got to. You know not lose money anymore or not try to make money or we're going to penalize you i haven't, haven't seen that but you're saying there might be a, a property interest in the public space that you could use to kind of incent that
12: san francisco look- has a uh you have a vacant storefront within so many days um aaron peskin i think introduced it um mm-hmm. the landlord has to pay a, a monthly fine um for vacant storefront based on as tom said the lineal footage of your store now yeah. I, I have no idea if it's been um implemented if they've actually collected um but they have it's out there yeah. so somebody could sure. look and see yeah
5: yeah i, I think I,
9: I think you need to think a little bit about the ownership of the properties here in sausalito and a lot of them are long-term family ownership yeah. um, and they have suffered severely through this COVID because they have worked with all of the tenants and given them discounted rents or abatement and rents and things like that. And if we start thinking about something like that right now, I don't think that that would, personally, I don't think that would be the right step. I think it would be kind of a, uh, it would be kind of a mean incentive in some ways. Well, it would also
7: mean that we're not business friendly.
9: Yeah.
5: yeah uh, Mister, Mister Chair, if I can kind of weigh in, if you'll let me. In. Yeah, please. Yeah. Um, earlier, the con. The concept of retention was mentioned, and, and that is so important. Uh, we talk about recruiting, recruiting, recruiting. Uh, that's that's part of a, a balancing act. But, you know, like Bear Bryant said, you got to dance with who brought you here. So uh, if we don't retain the people we have, uh, figure out how to help them grow, uh, I think we're missing a, a huge, huge opportunity. And then I'd also like to point out is who are the big property holders in this part of the world? It's obviously the city and what are they doing with their holdings and so uh, there's been a lot of interest in what the city can or won't or hasn't or could do with some of its holdings and the property holdings in the city are extensive Uh, you have buildings and you have land and you have uh, public right-of-way and uh, open spaces that that belong to the the public and so understanding what all that is and and ultimately what you want to do with that is really really important and then so is the allowable uses uh, i think Uh, when we start talking about the update to our general plan and what that all means for the future and obviously you know we have a housing element to implement all that weighs into development because if uh, you have minimal property which you do in Sausalito and you have restrictions on what you can bring in Sausalito which you do in Sausalito and you have this uh, conflict between existing uses and tourist use which you do in Sausalito uh, if I'm on the outside looking in, I, I'm really going to want to know why I want to be here uh, if I'm going to pay uh, rent and be threatened. Uh, so for me, um, uh, I think it's really good that people are starting to think about uh, easy models like, yeah, I mean, um, uh, Julie at the Chamber and I have talked about uh, having me or the mayor or a council person uh, visit a distressed business that's thinking to leave or uh, visiting a business that we want to recruit Um, and that's something that to me city managers and you know development staff should do Uh, and once we stabilize our development staff which we're working on right now we'll do a lot more of that
7: bruce who is our development staff when you say that
5: our development staff right now is lily okay and when, when you want to go beyond that it's uh, potentially the city manager uh, that's it so uh, I think that's important for people to know right now uh, you know because of the recommendations by EDAC you know we, we have a concierge or an ombudsperson and and that's been Heidi because uh, it really is important to kind of make sure we're listening to problems and solving problems but there there isn't a whole lot of uh, economic development staff in the city. And I don't know that you'll see a lot in the foreseeable future. So that's why uh, your role is so important.
1: And, and I would share, Chris, that we're hoping to help with that hole in the city staff by coming up with these ideas and helping talk to brokers and help do some of the recruitment to hopefully tee up for you or Lily to help us close of these businesses. And that, that's the purpose of this discussion. Um, we we know that you are tight staffed and you personally are truly really busy. So we're trying to trying to support that. And help. I noticed that Councilmember Sobieski has his hand up for
15: a while. Yeah, thanks, uh, thanks, Chair Riley. I was just I was going to chime into that previous dialogue that Bob instigated. Um, looking to San Francisco, they have a penalty on vacant storefronts. Which when I first heard about it in San in being implemented in San Francisco, I thought it was a terrible idea. I still think, as Monica pointed out, sticks are um, just fundamentally negative, and if we could avoid them, that would be great. Uh, but that's just my uninformed reaction, and I'm just wondering um, if it's worth some consideration, not as a general policy, and certainly not as something that would be implemented whenever a storefront is vacant, but if there's a chronically vacant storefront, and I really would love Julie Vieira's comment on this. I've just heard comment that there are there's a standoff between a group of willing tenants who are ready to move in at a certain price and landlords who are holding out for a higher price. I've only heard that anecdotally. I don't know if it's true, and I'm wondering if, if anyone knows if it's true or not or whether it can even be verified. But if it is true, then being a property owner myself, I know that you know your commercial property is valued on the the value of the of the leases that they hold. And so there's an economic incentive to hold out for a higher lease for a significant, for reasonably months if not years, um, rather than rent this in short term. Uh, and I'm wondering if in addition to a bag of incentives, uh, at least one or two disincentives might be considered to help bring parties to a deal, like Bob said.
7: Well, can I just answer Ian there for a sec? I think that's a very good context, Ian. And I would suggest that before we think about such a thing, that we use an opportunity to where we have a stalemate that there would be some um, independent person, if you will. It could be someone from EDAC. It could be Tom, for example, and sit down with the um the uh, landlords and and just to talk it out and before we have before we talk, discuss some kind of a uh, policy or something like that. I, I think it's so unfriendly like, as Monica had alluded to, but I think uh, if there is a stalemate like that, perhaps something Edak could do sit down as a as a as a independent per- person and say, hey, what's going on? Can we talk this out and and really learn ourselves what what are the issues here?
1: Yes, thank you, Ian and Walter. Bob, thank you for teeing off a good conversation. Um, so, just watching our clock. I have
13: one I mean, more quick comment and question on this thread, if I might. Um, yeah. I don't seem to have the raise hand button on my Zoom for some reason, but um, really like the idea. Chris kind of just reminded me that the city of Port Townsend has what I think is a great business model. They own a large piece of property they lease to the tenants. It's been working for a long, long time. And um, you know they've got a waiting list of tenants in there. I haven't been up to Fort Townsend, I missed it this year, but um, I think we should explore that a little bit and see if there are properties that the city could acquire at reasonable cost to make them available. It removes this you know, holding up for a higher price um, factor that I think keeps a lot of our places vacant for a long time. I, I know a lot of places in Marineship are exactly that. Um, And I had a question, doesn't the city own the MLK complex and lease those spaces? And how has that been working out?
15: If anyone knows the answer to that. I'll give a quick answer to that. Um, I'm on OMIT, which is the uh, council working group devoted to managing our city property. And the bottom line is the city hasn't been managing its property as well as it can be. And that is a initiative of our new city manager and the new city council to do a better job of. As City Manager Zapata highlighted, it is a um, not a small task. We own a lot of property. And what we need in the city is a clear policy on what our policy is about that property. Is it profit maximization? And where, if so, what's the process for that? And where it deviates from profit maximization, what's the policy goal that's being followed for any deviation from that policy? We don't have... A well-oiled machine on that yet, but we will. I am confident sooner rather than later.
13: This seems to me there's tremendous opportunity there if, if that could be if we could pull that together. Emphatically,
15: emphatically agree. That's right. And, Does and, the city
13: own the MLK complex? Am I right about that?
1: Yes. Yes. And Malcolm, I think you know uh, the city over the years has acquired various properties uh, but has never looked at those properties as a portfolio and how to manage them each one has been incrementally filled for the use at that time and i think that what Councilmember sobieski is saying is an opportunity to step back look at that portfolio come up with a cohesive strategy and how we want to leverage it for the benefit of the city and the residents and hopefully uh Council Member sobieski at some point if edac can help in that mission help you and the city manager we'll be happy to
15: Well, for sure, I would love to toss just to emphasize that idea for everyone to work on independently um, or together. Uh, It's exactly the question. As you know, there's an RFI for the Bank of America building and implicit in that is a question of whether this city should be earning maximum return on capital for the Bank of America building, or if some other use could actually be better from just an economic point of view, not just a community point of view. and that same question kind of applies across the board. The Spinnaker restaurant is gonna have its lease coming up in five years for a renewal. And there are many other properties across the city. And there is a straightforward economic question of what's the most rent we can get for that. But when you have competing tenants for the same property, one might serve other goals uh, that are worthy of us as a town, as a community, that don't necessarily maximize profit. And so. There really is that question and it could even start with the b of a building if uh, individuals or edac wants want to chime in about what the best utility of that space is that was a question that edac attended to a year ago but it's now a year and a half later and it uh it's certainly going to be a germane topic come october when there are some submissions uh in the public realm for how to use that space uh so that's on the agenda but even more broadly uh, following up on Malcolm's question please pay attention to uh, where the city is as the topic of how we're managing all our assets comes into the public domain and uh, step forward with feedback and input about how the city should be managing its properties thank you
7: thank hey, you uh, can I just uh, jump right on the back of that Ian
1: Walter uh, briefly please because we're way beyond our
7: okay i'll be quick is there a way where we get where we could get an inventory of city-owned properties so we could just start to familiarize ourselves with that i think you might have said there was one ian but i can't remember
15: uh there is it's in a format that i would not think is anywhere clear as transparent as you would want and opened up so that is the work that Omid is currently engaged in it's a task to our hard-working city staff that is doing a million things in different directions and we're making I think progress in many different categories but of course nothing is where uh in all places where where we would want it to be so i don't want to so the answer is yes and no um uh, but we will have it soon we will okay so to
1: to close out this item and keep us close to our agenda time on item 4d kind of what we're trying to do is by our next meeting in early october i would like for us to have gathered more community input on types of businesses wanna recruit, specific brands, Um, welcome public comment in that meeting. And then for us as a group to kind of finalize that target list. Second, would like to have a list of potential incentives that the city manager could offer to businesses that fit those categories that we'd like to recruit. Um, And for us to have our first outreach to brokers and do some of that marketing and kick this off in the october time frame so that's kind of what we're working towards um any questions about those next steps or comments before you go to public comment okay thank you and i'm, I'm sorry to be a little abrupt but I, I want to kind of keep this to our, our time limits that was a very very good conversation so at this time serge if you can help me i'd like to open up for public comment on uh, business item 4d uh, potential incentives to offer desired tenants.
0: Chair Riley it does not appear as we have any hands raised at the moment.
1: Okay, uh, let's move on to item 4E, and this is enforcement of retail oriented ordinances. Um, I was in a, just a number of conversations. This is a discussion of again no actions uh, and there may not be any comments, but it's come up in a couple meetings uh, that um, we have ordinances around signage and use of the sidewalks that are being uh, violated in certain parts of our town, maybe to the detriment of nearby tenants or even our visitors. Um, and so I thought I'd just put it on the agenda to see if there is any comments or anything we want to pursue along that line item or not. <laughs>
15: this could be a short
9: I'll just okay. say one, I'll just say one thing. This was a comment that I heard from Julie, which is a really well, um, it's a thoughtful comment that if you do drive around town and you look seriously at things, and Bob has said the same thing about the sidewalks and the benches of being at being a Mar Park and things like that. It seems like we have lost a little bit of pride in our housekeeping. So I'm repeating some of the things that Julie said. I hope that's okay, Julie because we've tried to have some signage enforcement done and we had some of it taken down and it's, there's one shop that has, it's still up and the flags are all tattered and they're blowing in the wind and whatnot. There's another shop that has encroached the sidewalks. So we're not necessarily doing the best that we could in terms of housekeeping and that sort of stuff. So it's something that we might want to talk about, but is it high on the list? it might be high on the list because of visitors and because of recruiting new businesses and things like that but i just put it out there because i thought it was a really good comment by julie
1: thank you monica any other comments from EDEC on this or you know we can park this to later if it does become high on the list and um Okay, my recommendation would be we park this item, Um, but I'd love to just ask each of the EDAC members to observe uh, the city and see if you have any consensus around this concern or not. We can always add it to a future agenda item. Okay. That's item 4E, at this time, I'd like to ask if there's any public comment on item 4E which was uh, enforcement of retail oriented ordinances.
0: And Chair Riley, I see no hands raised for that item.
1: Okay, Uh, we're gonna go to our final business item, which is item 4F. And this is uh, being led by the diversification subcommittee of which uh, Mr. Walter Leverman is our chair Uh, with a number of our members. So um, we'd love to have an update.
7: Oh, thank you, Chair, Chair Riley. And I see that we're really uh, tight on time. So I'll be really brief. And I I, I think we can uh, help make up on time on this. Um, I'll let John DeRay talk about the marineship inventory, uh, the data being collected and, and next steps, that type of thing. And I'll just mention briefly in terms of, uh, um, you know, looking at uh, businesses that we'd like to attract into the marineship. It's, it's, it's easy and it's very difficult. So uh, most of it would be like a, something light industrial. But there's a lot of needs that businesses have. So we're going to be sitting down and talking about discussing what types of what process we would need. And I, I will, you know, offer if there's anybody else on the I'd like to join our discussion on it. You're more than welcome to because we're just going to try to uh, talk about what it is that we need to, To learn and what we need to do and how we need to seek that out Um, so we haven't started on that yet um, and there's nothing else to report on that uh, that aspect but John may have some updates on the inventory I've been kind of out of pocket with my injury so I haven't been involved with the inventory and uh, also I think enforcement John might have some comments on as well are there any questions I should ask first on what I said
10: okay um i don't see any so uh thanks walt um regarding inventory as you recall last meeting um we were uh the, the database that we were looking for from the 2010 inventory was made available by city so uh we we took that database spreadsheet and i worked with uh, rachel to uh to reconfigure it uh, to make it easier to use. Um, we were able to utilize some of the information for some of the businesses that already existed in there, like business license data. And so we're, we're just beginning to work through that. Um, there's some uh, some locations that, that we know have not changed, some of the big businesses, Molly Stones, FedEx, Post Office. Um, we're waiting for Albert, uh, our intern, to return from Europe, who's going to uh, start uh, doing a lot of this inventory work as well. Um, so uh, we've just got to start on, on the process. One of the things that uh, Rachel and I kind of uncovered uh, pretty quickly was um, there seem to be businesses in the ship that uh, do not have occupancy permits, do not have business licenses, and one of the main reasons is because they had no idea that they needed this so you know they they go in lease uh lease a space and you know it's all good so i think um it would probably help if the city were to send a letter to the marintia property owners and ask them uh to uh, make sure that all their tenants uh, do have occupancy permits and business licenses or at least come to the city uh, so we can identify which ones do which ones don't and uh, and help with that because obviously that's you know revenue for the city that we want to uh, we want to start to recover um, so that's that's regarding inventory um, and Um, Rachel, did you want to say anything about the inventory before I move on to the enforcement part?
14: Maybe just that one question around um, the repository of businesses on the city of Sausalito website that um, state whether or not a business has their permit listed with the city or has their license with the city. And I'm just curious how up to date that uh, repository is
10: yeah i I think what rachel is referring to is there's a site on i think it's the city website where you can type in an address or a business name and you'll if it's a business name and they're not registered well you won't find it but um, you can find out the business that's at an address if it's located and the question is how up to date that database is Um, it looks like the license the business license data in there is is up to the end of this year so it seems to be somewhat updated but um it's a question that uh, maybe the city manager can ask lily about or um, it would be helpful
14: yeah because that would be helpful for us cross-referencing as we do the inventory
7: But well, rachel you could just ask uh lily yourself probably uh
4: if i if i may chair Riley, um perhaps the city manager could um coordinate with, with Mr. Francis and the finance department, this, this did come up at the finance committee meeting. HDL has a, a vast amount of data that's coming in through various portals, one of which is uh, actually having your business license and they're tracking all of that. Um, I don't know if we're cross-referencing it with the occupancy permits, but there's a lot of opportunities to take that data and enhance the work you all are doing. Um, in our last finance committee meeting, um, Charlie and I did go back and forth with both HDL and ID Bailey so um maybe um, mr zapata and i can take on the the task of following up with charlie on that
12: i ask a question on the uh occupancy permit john yeah um oh and and chris occupancy permit in my mind means something you got from either you got through the building department you you did work and you need an occupancy um or you know everyone signs off you can occupy um there's a lot of businesses that move into existing space that, you know, maybe recarpet, paint. They do work that does not require a building permit. Therefore, there may be tenants that don't need an occupancy permit if that's the occupancy permit we're referring to because it moved into an existing space and they didn't do any work.
10: Well, my my understanding is, in order to determine if a business is compliant to zoning obviously you'd need some mechanism for that so it's my understanding that it's the occupancy permit that looks at the business and makes sure that it's compliant with the with the zoning
12: I yeah I don't right. know if, I don't know if that I've never run into that where where if you have an existing office space and you have an office user moving in if you don't do any TI's but you still are required to apply for an occupancy permit with the planning department is, is that actually in the code in Sausalito
2: Can I jump in for a second sure. um, we have two different types of permits as you are indicating you know we have the land use occupational permit um, use permit which is codified in our code um, that is related to our title 10 which is the planning and zoning so anytime a new business does commercial business does come into town they have to go to the community development department and fill out an application form then Once a business does go in, then they um, need to check with the building department to see if any requisite tenant improvements are required. And during that time, we also check to see if the occupational land use permit has been submitted or if it's needed. And then we also have a third cross check in theory, which is also the business license. So HDL should be checking to see if the land use occupational use permit has been issued before they issue those permits. We do have some gaps um, that we've experienced, and um, we're working on trying to kind of fine-tune where the shortcomings may be occurring.
10: Well, I, th- I think one of the shortcomings, unfortunately, is that it's possible for a business to move into a space and start doing business mm-hmm. without the city knowing about it. So that's that's something I think that the property owner or property mm-hmm. manager needs to take on, I believe so, um, with encouragement from the city. So, um, so let me just mention a little bit about enforcement as, uh, the city manager mentioned last week, I took him to uh, a few properties in the Marine ship. I took him to the largest, what I think is the largest code violation location, 3,200 square feet of industrial space with 16 foot high ceilings. Um, and uh, took a look at that. Uh, then I went over and, and took them to two businesses that um, are looking to expand. Uh, one of them makes a uh, does robotics work, so their shop is filled with robot arms, and they're bursting at the seams. They have two locations, and they are um, they're paying a high lease rate. It, the other one is um, a uh, fluids cooling company that also is bursting at the seams and needs more space. They're actually paying the highest rate in industrial space in Sausalito. They're paying at $3.50 for their space. Um, The average rate in Marin is $1.26 for industrial space. um, And the average rate in Sausalito is $2.88. So it's more than double. So um, we have a situation where we have good businesses that want to expand. We lost a business. They left a fabricator left at the end of September. Um, in April, we lost uh, a business, and last November, we lost uh, a good industrial business. So it's it's there's a pattern here, and I think somebody mentioned this is step one is retaining these businesses, and there's two things that are happening: space and price. So um, we go to enforcement the reason that there's no space and the reason that they're high prices is because zoning has not been enforced for decades so a property manager a, a property owner is incentivized to do whatever they want and so if they keep a space open um, at a high rate eventually what they'll decide is to bring in a non-compliant use and so you know, you have roll-up doors, spaces with roll-up doors across the Marin ship that um, have office uses in there, or um, they're they're priced at very high rates. And, you know, uh, we need to mitigate this with enforcement. And the city has a good plan for enforcement. It's the same plan that other cities in Marin have. It's complaint-based. Um, that's what Nevada has. That's what um, San Rafael has. Other... Communities in San Francisco have that. I'm sorry, in the in Marin have that, um, but the difference is, Sausalito's not uh, executing on enforcement at all. Seems like to me, um, there's been complaints um, for these spaces, some of these non-compliant spaces, and there's been no movement on that. So, again, we're about to lose two more businesses because they can't grow into that 3,200 square foot space that I talked about or anywhere else in the marineship um because of so many illegal uses i'm glad to hear that marina plaza is looking for tenants in their office space because perhaps many of these offices can move into marina plaza and free up some of this good industrial space um, so I, I think you know this is this is the essence of the problem um, we on edac obviously can't do enforcement but what we'd like to do is work with the city to to help with enforcement any way we can but step one is to get somebody to actually do something and this has been the problem i know that the um parking enforcement people have been assigned this and to me i you know i I just don't understand that these people are experts at parking enforcement not not at zoning enforcement and so um I, i don't know what the answer is but there's a There's a little bit of of low-hanging fruit that perhaps something can be done about in the next few weeks or months so that we can perhaps keep a couple of really good companies from having to move out of the marineship and losing them, which would be five, a total of five in in less than a year. So, Um, yeah.
1: uh, This is Tom May offer some comments on the you Uh, One, thank you to you and Rachel for the great work here. Um, I think this is... know we've been talking about this as a community and as a committee for a couple years and this is our opportunity to try to address it and help help the city address it i see three things one starting with data this is where the inventory is great if we get an inventory of our you know businesses we can determine who is not paying business license taxes all of our businesses should be have a business license and we can help the city do that process reference secondly it'd be nice to know what our current violations of uses are the illegal uses we don't know what we're gonna do to enforce it, But let's just at least understand how big of a problem it is and thirdly let's understand what vacancies we have uh much like we're doing for retail i'd like to you know have a curated list of types of businesses we can help recruit and you know get the, the city to help us you know recruit these targeted businesses and fourth you made one good thing if we can have a list of businesses that were at risk of losing what are things we can do as a city to retain them and uh, it might not be you know lower the rent what have you but there, there could be some ways that we meet with them to see if we can help retain them and, and you, you made a great effort with uh, Jerry's business um, and we're able to retain them but those are the things I think we start with this inventory and we have all the information and we can start attacking the problem
10: i think that's a good idea tom the inventory process though is going to take many months Um, and so in the meantime if we don't do something before then we're going to lose a couple of these companies so I, i like your other idea about you know doing doing what we can identifying these few companies that are uh looking to move if they can't find something um and and seeing what we can do for them um somebody had a uh a suggestion about vacant retail spaces um and finding and yeah i don't think that's a good idea in, in the marine ship but i'll tell you what i do think is a good idea in the marine ship uh related to that is um looking at some of the blighted areas and finding the, the owners of the blighted areas it's
12: Bob. Um, uh, John, I have a question. So, um, on the inventory, many brokerage firms, commercial brokerage firms, have inventories because typically the, the newly hired young broker, their job as an analyst is to constantly update name of the property, the owner, the size, square footage, list of tenants, vacancy, etc. cetera. Um, and they get it done quickly. And I'm wondering if Cause I agree with Tom that it, you can't manage what you can't measure, and right now I have no clue who's in the marine ship, the property list, square footage, the tenants, the vacancies, etc. So, it, what can the committee do to help expedite getting this inventory that that Tom just um, you know, mentioned?
10: Well, a lot think- of people, yeah, a lot of it is legwork because. Part of the issue that Albert came across 10 years ago is um, people are not willing to share the information um, about their business. You know, what do you do? Well, okay, you're an office, but many offices are not compliant in the Marineship. It's one thing if you're at Marina Plaza, it's one thing if you're one in three Harbor Drive or some of the other grandfathered office buildings, that's different. There's plenty of space like that. But if you're in some of these roll up door locations, people don't wanna really share sometimes what they do. And so that's why it took Albert uh, four and a half months to complete the inventory, because you can't take people for their words because they may know that they're not compliant and they don't wanna share the information. So he went door to door. Um, hopefully we don't have to do that. Uh, you know, we, we can we can use the database that we have. I think in the last 10 years, the city has improved that. So it, is, it does have some utility. Um, so um, I think besides that, um, you know it can maybe get some more people to to walk around the marine ship, um and, and and help do that
7: well and also too john are don't we, don't we're talking about close to a thousand businesses isn't it i, think, I for, think there's like 800 and yeah 800 and yeah something. it's a pretty big number yeah.
9: Do, yeah do you guys have have you guys accessed net which is uh, where
10: LoopNet for vacancies yes yeah
9: so you have yeah. some of that information yeah. okay
10: yes
1: yeah okay um very good discussion uh john rachel walter um, uh, we're open to ideas we can help um you know get more of this information i think you've heard from uh, our city staff and heidi in particular that we are doing some cross-referencing um this is an important project this has been a issue in our city for a while under uh, non-compliant uses uh and you're making us aware of even business licenses not being paid So let's see if we can help close the gap
10: for the city uh, can i I just make one last point and maybe this is a question for um city manager and for heidi is it possible to send a letter to the to the um business to the property owners and and ask them to um list their tenants and their um you know whether or not they have permits to be in there pretty simple task
5: i would think you want me to respond to that chair sure uh, yes
1: please, City Manager.
5: okay <laughs> yeah yeah okay uh, yeah we could send a letter to folks asking them you know for information uh, I think most importantly um, if it's broadcast that widely uh, it'll take a little more work just like your survey your inventory you know uh, getting uh, the right mix of folks to, to broadcast it so what I recommend is that we do a spot audit if there are blatant uh, kinds of uh, scenarios where somebody is obviously uh, in illegal use, uh, you know we should deal with that promptly. Uh, so I'd rather start there. Uh, send me your your areas where you know that you think there's an illegal use. Uh, yeah, we can go knock on your door. Uh,
10: Perfect,
5: thank you. That's that's the approach I would use. Otherwise, we'll spend a lot of time gathering and sending. And yeah. you know, frankly, I don't know that that's going to be happening in the next day. Uh, I like to tell people that, John and I met at four o'clock on Friday. It's uh, four o'clock on Monday. So uh, all things in good time.
1: <laughs> thank you, thank you, John. I noticed that uh, Vice Chair Green has her hand up. Wait.
16: Yeah, I, along those same lines, John, I was just wondering if you have recommendations that you, that you want us to move forward. I mean, I'm, I'm hearing that the parking people shouldn't be enforcing uh, zoning, which I totally agree with but are there other recommendations that you guys could come up with and bring to EDAC and then EDAC can consider and then bring to the council?
7: I think we can do that by next meeting, but I'll tell you one of the ones is going to be that just the city enforces, but Chris hit the nail on the head. The the, the best and quickest thing we do is, is um, take known violations and deal with those because there's quite a, probably a, a number of those to deal with right now, but uh, we'll talk about that in our, thank you Cass for that we'll talk about that and come back with recommendations but and some of them may be very obvious recommendations
16: but I think we need recommendations just to do that formal step of going through and um, instead of just talking about it we need to act great I thought it was a
15: great report thank you just to underline it Chair Riley asked last time about what enforcement means and um, you know we enforce short-term rentals with a very severe penalty. Uh, I forgot exactly what it is, but it's something that scales up until there's a remedy. And I think that's similar with housing violations. And so the question is, are we talking about that? Or we've also, um, I know John articulated that there's a different, There's another approach of making sure at least the problem doesn't get worse or as vacancies, um, as there are vacancies, how do we make sure that, the, that they're filled with appropriate businesses, which is a different approach. Maybe they both can be implemented, maybe it's one or the other, but to um, Cass Green's point, uh, to say enforcement is to then beg the question of what exactly do we mean by that? And so to have a clear recommendation would be helpful.
1: Okay, we have, uh, Heidi has her hand up. We're gonna go there and then we're gonna uh, close out on this item to our next meeting. So Heidi, please.
2: This is just a quick update regarding code enforcement. So I just wanted to let the EDAC know and the community know that um, the CDA, community development department is listening and hearing from the community and we've been working with the city's uh, um, code enforcement consulting officer and we're restructuring and creating new workflows um, to address how we actually handle code enforcement and we have our templates all ready to go and we're slowly chipping away at our list and prioritizing um, the most important offenders and so this um, task is on our list Um, so we're, um, we just got the workflow all established um, and so we're going to be implementing that shortly and it's not um, we are coordinating with the police department uh, but we are putting um, certain elements within the police department's bucket which is more consistent with their kind of bailiwick and land use will be more oriented towards the community development department and less parking and um, police staff so that's all I have to say
1: thank you Heidi um, this is a great discussion. Thank you, Walter, John, Rachel for the update. Um, I always kind of remind myself that we are an advisory committee and a support team to uh, city staff. So hopefully um, if if you guys can help us with specific recommendations that we can discuss as a group, and if we as a group support it, uh, then we can you know, advise that to both the city manager and city council that these are what we're recommending. Um, But this is an important project and it's a complex, hard project. So uh, thank you for this update and we will revisit it in our next meeting. Um, At this time, I'd like to open up to public comment on this discussion around what we titled diversification, looking at our inventory businesses. Um, Serge, can you let me know if there's any uh, public comment at this time?
0: Chair Riley, I see no hands raised at the moment
1: okay thank you um that closes out business item 4f we're now moving to updates uh, and this is an opportunity uh, to give the floor to our city manager and heidi uh as well as our council liaisons and our chamber liaison so maybe we'll start uh with our city manager and or heidi if you have any updates we should be aware of or any requests for us to address in the future
5: yeah Yeah, just just quick update Uh, the city council Uh, last meeting um, approved some positions one of them extremely important uh, the city's operations because it takes people and money to fund to do services like audit and uh, make sure our books are great and we can retain and recruit business so they approved a finance director position Uh, that position is now out on the street Uh, it will close september 22nd of uh, this month we hope to Look at the applicants, screen applicants, uh, get applicants in a way that we can bring forward um, a a complete rebuild of the department, which is happening uh, as we speak. We filled three other positions in um, finance, so uh, we should be ready to have a fully functioning in-house city finance department by December the 31st, if not sooner. The other thing I like to tell this group is um, we continue to recruit and fill a lot of the uh, vacancies during the uh, COVID environment and um, some of the transition. A lot of the CDD staff is filled by consultants. Uh, We have three job offers out right now uh, to different people to bring that in-house and hopefully that will create some uh, uh, more effective uh, service for people that are trying to get permits and projects done. And obviously Heidi has been working um, with the department uh, for a month now and she'll complete that assignment fairly quickly. But assignment involves a lot of the things that this group has talked about you know where are the bottlenecks you know where are the opportunities for uh, creating some efficiency taking the good ideas like a one-stop shop and you know making them permanent and then seeing if we can uh, in fact do better by the community so that's my update hi do you have anything to add to that uh,
2: thank you i was just checking to see if i was muted um no you, you basically summarized it i did want to let everyone know that um, we have reduced our planning and building backlog, so we're um, we're slowly getting these permits out and approved. Um, we're strategizing again on um, the most important um, permits to focus on, um, and we're creating different buckets to um, to streamline the permits going out. So, um, so it, it's working.
1: Yeah. As, as chair, I would just like to say that um, you personally are getting many accolades from the community. Uh, your one month of work has had an impact. And it's that kind of work that allows us to turn around the perception with some of these brokers. And also city manager, your your work is also being noticed in your outreach. So uh, individuals can make a, a big difference. So thank you.
2: Thank you, but it does
16: take
9: a team as well. I, I, would, I would like to say one thing that Heidi has been working on some really difficult issues and has done a great job, her attitude and her community or customer service. I also want to add one other thing. I went online to look at the job openings and nothing is posted. So on the website of, S- of Sausalito, it doesn't have any postings for job openings. I was going to apply, but I couldn't find any way to do it. So anyway, just
11: FYI. Thank, thank you. you. Thank
1: you. Okay. Thank you uh, both for that update. I'd like to ask our council members if they have any items they'd like to update us on or request for future agenda items
15: i think for me thanks so much and compliments also to everybody for all these points i'll just
4: chime in real quick i uh, i second everything ian said earlier about omit and our city leases and i know the city manager is working very hard to restore some administrative hygiene to our uh, city's portfolio if you will um, and then i also just want to mention as i did earlier that the august 17th finance committee meeting there was a real opportunity to kind of dig into some of these sales tax and other taxation numbers. So uh, there was a presentation around TOT, and um, it was just a very, um, this is what we have, this is where we were. And I asked for a five-year review and some insight as to trends. Then I asked them to overlay that with some sales tax information to help your efforts on the marketing side. So if you all have thoughts or ideas or requests, I know Monica, you and I talked briefly about uh, having Charlie do a workup on some event-based numbers. Please get them to me and I'll work them into the Finance Committee uh, asks but we have a lot of good data held by HDL and I'd Bailey. And it's just a matter of taking the data from just a presentation to an actual analysis. Um, So I know you all are thinking about these issues. So please send them to me. I'm happy to carry the water on that.
1: Thank you, Vice Mayor. Okay, uh, at this time we have on our agenda, just a round table opportunity for members of DAC, if they have any items or reports uh to share your observations and then post that we're going to talk about future agenda items so um quick opportunity for any comments from EDAC that we didn't address today all right silence is approval um,
16: um, did we want to i'm sorry
1: uh did we want an update from julie oh <laughs> gosh i i i did that once before and i did now a second time Um, and I know that
3: we haven't forgotten. It's okay. You know, it is what it is. So, Uh, I'll give a quick update for um, Visit uh, Visit California. We have had, and I shared some of this information with Scott so that he could (laughs) share it with CDA. We've had a very good response to our banner ads and things that we have put on the Visit California website. I received a report every Monday of the activity from the past week. We, At this point, we've sent out 417 packets of information regarding Sausalito. And these are people who have clicked through and actually asked for further information in order to come here for visiting. Uh, so we have mailed those out. And we also get a once a month report of click-throughs. On those ads, we have restaurants um, attached to one of them. We might have our hotels attached to another one. So we will get it every 30 days, we'll get a report of how many people are actually clicking on those, and then it takes it to our website. And our website also shows how many of them actually clicked on more than one hotel or one restaurant in order to get information. So it just started in you know, basically July one. So I'm hoping in 90 days, we would have a good kind of a, third, a 90 day um, look at how Visit California's uh,
1: program is working for us. Julie, thank you. And, and this is actually a very exciting project. One area where the city and the chamber is successfully collaborating. The Chamber has the lead on this, but the City has, uh, based on EDAC's recommendation, contributed funds to visit California. And it's exciting to see 417 people ask for packets, because those are people planning vacations. Those are people that will fill our hotels. And um, I think it's one area where uh, the Chamber's taking the lead, but the City is providing support. Um, And I thank you for, for that. It's exciting to see the results. okay um i don't think i need to ask for public comment on the updates is that correct serge
0: that is correct chair Right. okay
1: um now our uh, final opportunity is to talk about future agenda items as we um, set the agenda for our next meeting early october uh just how it works i typically a week or two from now uh, i send a suggested comments from this discussion to Um, our council liaisons and our city manager to get their input and to shape our next agenda items. So this is an opportunity to give uh, a request of future items.
16: Tom, I have a suggestion. And I I mentioned this to you a couple days ago, but it'd be great to have um, maybe Heidi or whoever from permitting come in and give us an update on all the, you know, we had all these recommendations. A lot of them were funded, all of them were funded by the council. So to kind of give us an update as to where the implementation of those recommendations uh, lie.
1: I I, I think that would be great. Um, What I'd like to ask of Heidi and uh, Heidi, would you be open to a meeting before next meeting, kind of going through maybe with Lily those recommendations and an update and then we can report back to edac
2: yes i think it'd be very important to meet with lily um prior to that meeting for sure so yeah, yeah.
1: um we we could put forward 18 action items for the first year that were funded so it'd be nice just to see what we've done towards that and and the role you've been filling is, is one of them being the concierge and it's great to see that impact okay so we'll add that cast any other uh recommendations beyond the follow-up on the items we discussed today and the new items. Okay. Um, That leads us to our next um, meeting, which uh, we typically meet the first Monday of each month. That will put us on October 4th at 2 p.m. Does anyone have an issue with that? Uh, meeting date and time? That would be three weeks from now because this meeting is one week late due to the holiday last week. Okay, we are gonna go forward with that time. All right, I apologize. We went 11 minutes over our scheduled time, but uh, we've gone through our agenda. uh, And so at this time we can adjourn the meeting. I thank everyone for a productive conversation and all the productive work uh, this past month. Thank you all. Thank
15: you. See you. Bye.
1: Jazz by the Bank.